1: netsuite.com slash hollywood netsuite.com
0: slash hollywood
1: so how are the new chicks doing
0: they're so great i'm actually gonna miss them when they're like fully chickens um but they're huge they are they're like big pigeon size now oh my god send me a picture i will and i'll send you a video because they make these cute little sounds i'm obsessed with them well, that I know. I hear them in the background. <laughs> <I> and... <know. laughs>
1: Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA. And with me
0: is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In
1: today's episode, we're gonna talk about attrition. It really (laughs) does feel like a war these days here in Hollywood.
0: Yes, and then we're gonna talk about the joy of working with Leslie Jordan and the lessons we want to take from his incredible life. And the subject of today's work from home segment would be
1: equally good if you're going into an office. Then we have an earth-friendly Hollywood hack. But first, Sarah, we have an update. In episode 280, we asked, what should we be doing right now? (laughs) Love that question. And then, of course, it turned out we were just going to dive back into work, but we got a great idea from Stephanie.
0: Yes, Stephanie wrote, you've given me so many great tips over the years, I'm hoping I can return the favor. I'd like to offer up another option for you to consider in your three to four weeks of downtime. Write your terrific idea about the empty nesters going on a road trip to experiment with ayahuasca as a novella and self-publish it. You'll be able to clunk through the idea to later inform the show you want to pitch, and by self-publishing, you won't have to wait for the interminably slow machine of traditional publishing to get your project out there. You can offer it for sale as soon as it's ready, and you'll get to keep the lion's share of the profits. Plus, you'll keep all your rights. You'll be earning royalties on your IP while you decide what to do do with it next. She says, I did the reverse recently with a spec screenplay. I'm a novelist, formerly traditionally published, now self-published, and my manager always wanted me to write a rom-com screenplay for him to shop. I resisted for years. Liz, we know about this. Mm -hmm. We just resist things. She says, I resisted for years because writing a screenplay on spec would take away from writing books I knew I could sell on my own. Then I had a thought. I could self-publish my spec screenplay and offer it for sale to my readers while my manager shopped it to studios. On the happy day the screenplay might be bought, I would then take it off sale. I wrote the screenplay Long Distance Wedding and self-published it exclusively on Amazon, where it will remain until it finds a studio home. And if it doesn't sell to Hollywood, I at least have a revenue stream from the screenplay and will eventually turn it into a book. Meanwhile, my readers seem to love the novelty of reading a story of mine in a different format. A really interesting idea. I know. I'm so intrigued, I have to say. Yeah. We
1: would love to know from other people who are listening if you've self-published and how it's been and any tips. I think it's a really interesting notion. Just write a book and take the the power away from others and, and just yeah. do it on our own. Indeed. So thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. Also, everybody, we want to remind you to keep those great gift ideas coming. Next week is our holiday gift guide episode, and we
0: love all of your gift ideas. Okay, Liz, let's dive into From the Treadmill Desks Of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. (laughs) And this week, it is attrition. Ugh. Yes. Yes. So
1: we mention attrition in our intro every week. We say how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. But damn, Sarah, it is really feeling like a war of attrition is going on right now. It truly is. I looked up the definition of attrition so we know exactly what it is. Attrition is the act or process of gradually reducing the strength or effectiveness of someone or something through sustained attack or pressure. Uh, um, Sounds pleasant, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, love it. But it feels like around us every day, like in our lives and in the lives of basically everyone in Los Angeles and the periphery is just going through this repeated beating about the head of various things it's like companies are are vertically integrating and you know it's, it's just everything feels very messy and harder and up in the air Right? Like it can't just be us. No, I don't think so. So
1: many things are happening. Okay. As you said, there's the vertical integration of companies, which makes many jobs redundant. And so there are huge layoffs in various companies.
0: Yes, we know so many executives who suddenly don't have the job that they've had for a long time and are looking for something new. Yes. Then you have the fact that a lot of the networks
1: are considering giving away the 10 o'clock hour, which Fox has never done a 10 o'clock hour. But now um, ABC, CBS and NBC are also likely going to do that. You have the fact that. I don't know. Let's not say likely. Let's hope that it's not going to happen. Okay, Might. might happen. <laughs> yes. You have people just cutting budgets massively, ordering, and we've talked about this many times, ordering shorter seasons, you know, maybe as few as six episodes of something. So for everybody, it's not just writers, executives as well, and and many others, yes. assistants, etc., it just feels harder, which is strange because it seems like the companies are making more money than they've ever made. So I don't know why. Yes, they're just keeping it all. Yes. (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) But, you know, so it's that attrition. It's like you really have to just not, I don't want to say die. What's a word? You know, not uh, stop, I guess.
0: Yeah. You just have to decide if you're going to stick with it or not. I mean, we're in, we're we're plowing forward regardless. Yes. But yes, I do think a lot of people right now are probably reevaluating is this really where I want to be yeah. right now? Is yeah. this really the career I want to pursue?
1: Yes. And it doesn't help Sarah that there very well may be a writer's strike coming up. Oh, I know. Our contract Both. is up in May which probably means a strike wouldn't actually happen in May. Likely it would be pushed off a few months. But um, Mm -hmm. because of what's going on, the issues are super important. And it feels like lots of people are digging in their heels and there could be a strike, which is a horrible prospect.
0: Yes. And I mean... I just really feel for people who are trying to break in right now. And I think also lower and mid-level writers. It's just, I mean, it's always been hard. I don't want to say it hasn't always been hard. It for sure has. But I think it's unimaginably even harder right now. Yes. I mean, and it feels like right now more than ever when you're breaking
1: in, especially, but frankly, even as your career continues if you can find another stream of income, it can really help in this war of attrition. So, if it's if you're a writer, I mean, like writing comic books, writing ad copy, writing podcasts, scripted podcasts, self-publishing, self publishing, for example, self publishing, <laughs> or, you know, we know people who make money doing graphic design. Mm-hmm. I just feel like. It is not a good time to be a writer who's, well, I mean, and I, another stream of it, writing comic books isn't exactly, I mean, you're still writing, but anything you can do is helpful. It's funny, Sarah, I, we worked way back in the day with a writer who he and his wife wanted to open, and I assume they did, a chain of coin-operated laundry machines. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. And at the time we thought, that is so odd. Like you're a TV writer, but you wanna own a laundromat with coin operated washing machines. Now it makes perfect sense. Perfect. Perfect sense. sense. Yes. Perfect sense. <laughs> so it's like for us, I mean, we are in we're in a decent place. But we never stop hustling. We never stop worrying. We never stop like yeah. nose to the grindstone, giving each other pep talks and pushing through. And and we're lucky in that we have an established
0: career. So it's really tough. It is a war of attrition. There's a reason we say that. It's just, it's a bummer that it gets truer every day. <laughs>
1: yes. And we have said this so many times, Sarah, But if you are making money, save as much as you can. Because a thing that can really keep you in the war longer is if you can build up a safety fund so that you can pay your rent, buy your groceries, pay your mortgage, depending where you are in life, without getting work. Because you can easily go a year with no work. And surround yourself with people who know what you're dealing with and who you can support and they can support you. um, I think that makes a big difference. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So that's our bummer segment, Liz. (laughs) My gosh, I know. But it doesn't help to just be like, follow your dreams. No, you know, this is your passion. Pursue your passion. I mean, you it's life. You have there's like stuff that has to be taken care of. So we just try to understand and recognize that it is
0: not easy and go from there. Yes. And the good news is we have a much more uplifting segment after the break. Yes. (laughs) We're going to talk about the wonderful late Leslie Jordan. Head to factormeals.com slash
1: H-I-H-50 and use code H-I-H-50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code H-I-H-50 at factormeals.com slash H-I-H-50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy Okay, Sarah, it is time for Take a Hike in which we discuss physical, mental, and spiritual health, and this one, maybe all of the above. Sad news, such sad news, is that Leslie Jordan, who was a character actor who really blew up during the pandemic, died last week. He was an older guy in his 60s, Southern gay, so funny. And during the pandemic, he started doing these Instagram stories, which were just so funny and delightful and hilarious. I said funny, but it's worth saying twice, funny and hilarious. <laughs> and he, he now, I just checked this morning, has 6 million followers on Instagram.
0: Wow. I mean, he brought joy to so many people people during a really, really challenging time. I remember you were the first person who told me about his Instagram. And I was like, oh, all right, I'll check it out. And then, I mean, I just became obsessed. He was so hilarious. He really made like some crappy days, just still you would find yourself laughing. Yeah. And then he also on Sundays um, did
1: Sunday hymn singing. So he would sing a hymn with someone playing guitar every Sunday, which I loved. And he also ended up putting out an album and having all sorts of success with singing hymns and country music. So he really was in his prime. And then, Sarah, I want to mention, um, he has a book called How Y'all Doing, his memoir, which Gretchen and I actually interviewed him about on Happier. That was episode 322, if you want to go back and listen to it. And I also linked to it in our Facebook group. And he was, again, of course, so wonderful during our interview. But I had said to him in the interview, I have this show, Fantasy Island, reboot of Fantasy Island, and we would absolutely love to have you on. You know, and he said, oh, everybody thinks they can't get me. But, you know, honey, I'm circling the block. (laughs) And in fact, he did guest star on Fantasy Island, and we'll talk about that.
0: Yes, he did. And I have to say, I got the Audible book of his memoir because I just want to hear his voice. He's just so delightful. I just want to hear him in his own voice speak his own words. Yes.
1: But today, Sarah, we thought let's share three lessons that we learned from Leslie Jordan.
0: Yes. So he guest starred as a character named Jasper, who was stuck in purgatory for some not so nice things he had done in his life. And his fantasy was to resolve those things so he could get to heaven. And Leslie showed up and I mean, he could not have been more enthusiastic and fabulous. So we're going to talk about these three lessons that we learned from Leslie in the sadly brief time we had working with him. And the first one is that just embrace enthusiasm. Yes. Everyone at the resort, I mean, not only did he uh,
1: do take after take of really physically tough stuff. I mean, he probably had physically the hardest episode of anyone who's guest starred on the show. Yes. Yes. But also, everyone at the resort was so excited to see him and wanted to take pictures and would come gather around him. And he embraced it. I mean, he and he wasn't just gracious, he acted, he seemed yeah. thrilled to have them want to <laughs> take his picture. And he was endlessly patient about it and just had the biggest smile and made everybody who he encountered feel good.
0: Yes. And it was a joy to watch him. Yes. I mean, to see him have fun just being there and yeah. like living out this wonderful life he was having. Oh, he was so awesome. Anyway, and then the second lesson that we learned from Leslie is find common ground. Yes. So he
1: had done some background research on us when he <laughs> arrived. Um you know, we went up to say hello and and he said, "Oh, and you you're from Kansas City, aren't you?" And we were he said, "Yes, we are." Yeah. He goes, well. <laughs> he said that in order to get his, I think it was his SAG card, yeah. he had come to Kansas City and done theater at the Tivoli place in Kansas City, um, because he said it was easier to come there and get work than it was to go to New York. And so he talked to us about the night he landed in Kansas City, and it was a snowstorm and his time there and where he lived. And it was, we were like, Really impressed that he had taken the time to find the common ground with us. And that just created an immediate connection, obviously. Not that we needed one. Um, <laughs> but it was a lesson to us to do that with other people who we're going to be working with or encountering for whatever reason.
0: Yes, and I have read since he died so many stories like that, Ah. where he would know about people, make that effort to find a way to connect. And really, it does make you feel so special. And he was so good at that. Yes, And then the last lesson we want to talk about is... Always
1: remember the best is yet to come. And we say that because this is a guy who had been working for decades, you know, had a career, supported himself as an actor, but it wasn't until he was into his
0: 60s that his career just skyrocketed. And, you know, we're talking about a war of attrition, and he is certainly a symbol of someone who just yes. stuck with it and was amazing all the time. And then just that reward came flowing in yes. because he was like, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. And he was better than anybody else at it. Yes, There is not another Leslie Jordan out there. No. He was one of a kind. And the the way
1: that the world is reacting to his death, it tells you just how unique he really was. It's funny because I also was thinking about Betty White. Like, she's someone who everyone, I think, just the world mourned. Yes. And I feel like Leslie Jordan's in that category. But he really was just a joyful person
0: who brought joy to others. Yes. And that, I mean, talk about life goals. Yes. I got to work on that. (laughs) Exactly, Sarah. We have some work to do on that. (laughs) We do. And also notable is he is the only guest star we ask to take a picture with. Yes, because we (laughs)
1: are very shy about picture taking and we never want to bother people and ask for pictures. But we were like, we are not having Leslie Jordan here and not get a picture. And so we have yeah. when we we are wearing masks, unfortunately, because we had to have masks on. But we will post that photo. And I'm so glad we took it. Such a great memento. Yes. And Sarah, in, we can say, I think, safely, on Fantasy Island, he played a character who um, had died and was stuck in limbo. But for sure, if there is a heaven, he went straight there. Yes.
0: He's someone who deserved heaven, for sure. Immediate entry. And yes. he's probably, like, singing with the choir yes, already. That's Right. And by the way,
1: you can still follow Leslie Jordan on Instagram at the Leslie Jordan. I really recommend going back and watching some of his videos. it It really will make you laugh and smile, and you can enjoy him. And
0: there's a lot of videos, so that's nice. yes, ok, Liz. It is time for our. H I H W F H segment. Yes, happier in Hollywood, work from home, which many of us are still doing. Yes, and Liz, this is an insight that you had.
1: Yes, and it's funny because we've I've talked about this before on happier, but it really hit me when we were talking about ways to read more. How can you incorporate more reading into your life? And I was thinking about that, and then I realized, oh, this is a great thing for working from home which is to read at lunch. Yeah. So I think we all are trying to find time for fun reading, right? Not not work reading, I'm talking about. And when you're at home, you don't go out to lunch. I mean, I don't think many people do. And you don't have, it can just feel like not much of a break, And I thought, okay, what I want to start doing when we're kind of back in the flow is during lunch to read for 20 minutes or half an hour, just a book I want to read. And then it'll feel like a real mental break, like a real, I won't be stewing over what we were just talking about or thinking about the afternoon. I'll just be in the world of the book, which will make me refreshed for
0: the afternoon. Now, one of the reasons I love this, Liz, is that I am trying to create a little reading space Ah, for myself in my house. Nice. And I just bought a chair that I'm like, this is the perfect cozy reading chair. Of course, it's not going to be here for weeks and weeks and weeks on end, (laughs) but it's yellow and like super cushy and soft and like I just want to curl up in it and read. So I am all over this idea. I will definitely be reading during lunch. And by the way, you can also read at lunch at work. And I
1: think that also is good if you're at the office. It's just that more often when you're at the office, you eat together, you take a walk with people, you know, there's other things holding you away. But if you're at your desk or your cubicle, and you want to, you can
0: certainly read at lunch. And I think then it um, also
1: would be a great break for the afternoon.
0: Yes, or go across the street to the park and read. We used to work with a writer who, just to get out of the office, he would go to the park nearby and work. But it was like, so much better to go to the park and read. Yes, he (laughs) would go to an office.
1: It was like an office park. It was like the the grounds surrounding an office building. And he would periodically get kicked out of there by uh, security. (laughs) Because he would sometimes go there for eight hours. Oh, for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, Drew Goddard, many people I'm sure, um, know who yeah. Drew is. He's a wonderful, very successful writer who liked to write under a tree. Yeah. Okay, Sarah, coming up, we've got another climate-friendly Hollywood hack. But first, this break. Okay, it is time for this week's Hollywood hack, which is worn wear Patagonia. So explain this, Sarah.
0: Okay, so this is a website where you can buy gently used but still perfectly functioning Patagonia gear. So jackets, backpacks. Liz, I saw um, the backpack that you have in a different color on Ah, Wornwear. Okay. Um, I was like, I can't buy it. I can't buy it. Liz has the exact same backpack. (laughs) Which I already copied from our um, production designer, Mina. (laughs) Yes, it's a very cool backpack. But anyway, if if most people know that that Patagonia is like a really wonderful company, but I also wanted to say that the owner, who is like this billionaire guy, he made so much money from Patagonia. Instead of keeping that money, he recently gave the company away, and all of the profits are going to go toward climate change. It's totally amazing. They make at least $100 million a year, and that will be going straight into combating climate change and protecting undeveloped land around the globe. So there's a really great article about him, Yves Chenard, in the New York Times. We'll post it in our show notes. But anyway, back to (laughs) Warren Ware. So, oh, the other cool thing about Patagonia is it's actually based in Ventura, which is super close to where I live now in Ojai. Yeah, I love it. Ojai Pride. I know. I had no idea. I was like, ooh, Patagonia is here. So Warnware, you can buy gently used things there. You can also sell back your gently used Patagonia items and get credit for Patagonia gear. And what's cool is their website says that keeping their stuff in use just nine extra months reduces the combined carbon, water, and waste footprint by 20 to 30%, and that buying used extends a garment's life by about two years, which obviously drastically reduces both our reliance on virgin resources and our generation of waste. So, I mean, it's great all around. You get great gear. And you can return your great gear for credit. I'm like in love with this idea. Yeah. Well, and Sarah, it's especially great for people
1: with kids because kids, I mean, they, I mean, it's obviously a cliche (laughs) to say they grow so fast, but truly you will have something that they only got to wear two or three, maybe six times, and then they don't fit into it anymore. It's perfectly. Good. Totally like new. And then you can get them the next thing. So
0: it really makes a lot of sense. Yes, especially like California kids. I mean, we get them a jacket. (laughs) Yes. How (laughs) often can they wear it?
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, Patagonia worn wear. It's a win-win for the planet. And then you get cool Patagonia stuff. Yay. (laughs) Yay.
1: And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Don't forget to send us your tips on self-publishing.
0: Thanks for listening and please follow us if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. And thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward
1: Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing from Whole30's Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with
0: Kate Bowler get in touch. I'm on Instagram at S Fain and Liz's at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group search for happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Kraft and I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job and we enjoy it.
1: Sarah, did you see that that shot of Leslie Jordan on the pink flamingo raft from overhead that Rachel Ramos did was in the Fox tribute to him?
0: Yes, I did. I love that scene so much. He was, I mean, that was a tough one physically. He was amazing.
1: And he was in the sun for about eight hours. I felt bad, but I'm happy we have that shot. I know. He was, yeah,
0: it's such a great shot.